0: I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert and my pronouns are also he and
1: him. And And this is is Grizzly Kiki. Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl.
0: Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that?
1: (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry.
0: And Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me.
1: And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to Warby slash Kiki. Wait wait, wait. Warby
0: Porker? That's oh, a very different website. I was projecting. Very different.
1: I mean I project in all directions. Give them give them that yeah. link one more time. So oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker, modern
0: eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Parker. You'll regret it. How are you? Oh, I am shimmery. Do I hear a... Do you hear
1: it? A screechy scratch, that familiar sound of Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Yeah. Can you hear my lentejuelas? He bought it, everybody. I bought it, and it is a glorious semi-matte sequin jacket. Semi, like semi-shiny, because it, it's it's right. not. Yeah, I like it. I like it better than if it were super shiny. But I got him to buy the silver sequined ASOS bubble jacket, and he loves it I, as I knew he would. I really do love it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I um, I didn't think I would.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that a song?
1: i don't know but the only for some reason i was like never mind i'm not going to share that uh what's up with you i i made i made it through my first uh week at my new job and how was oh it was it was so much fun um i felt like i fit right in everybody's really collaborative and nice to work with and fun um you know chill but it's not you know it's not like we're like throwing around like a a bean bag or whatever they do in those never mind i'm not going down anyway like, what don't, <laughs> nothing i was i was trying to say something wasn't gonna work anyway no it's great i mean i i you were I, very I,
0: you were very anxious the day of and i gave yeah. you the same advice that l woods gives bruiser mm-hmm. woods when they show up at harvard um i said be yourself everyone will love you
1: i know and, and it translated perfectly yeah it worked um <laughs> I have never been asked what I need before on my Ooh. first day. It was like what do you need? Is this okay? You know, it was um it was nice. I I felt like very much a part of of the team. Um and That's it was great. something that I've been anticipating for a while. So um yeah. Yeah. I'm just really really happy. That's great. Um and yeah, and I got a new phone. You did. So um, I got that new fancy iPhone 11 pro Max, which is still like getting ready but I I quite like it yeah. so far yeah. Um, yeah that's great. yeah I mean you know like
0: I mean my 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 exciting thing so I bought a bunch of I, I just I, I went on a shopping spree of sorts um, oh, so uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I should well I'll say it anyway so I bought a jacket on Boohoo Man and it's not like their measurements are not accurate so just fair warning to uh those of you who are plus sized and looking for plus sized fashions I would say stay away from Boohoo Man um my sequined jacket is from my sequined bubble jacket because I just I can't get over the novelty of it being a sequined bubble jacket and I just I love it um my sequined bubble jacket is from ASOS, and um, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to arrive as fast as it did, so that was cute. I also signed up for Stitch Fix, which is one of those uh, subscription boxes. What they do is you you answer a couple of questions, and they sort of like predict what your style is based on the answers of your qu- to to their questions, and they send you a box full of stuff, and um, Um, the box I got looked like it was for like white grandpa, you know, um, with the exception of a really expensive pair of jeans, which I, I tried them on and I really, really like them, but they're way too expensive. Let's be honest about it. Asus has a similar pair. I know they do. So does old Navy. Um, and, uh, there was also a hoodie, but I'm not really like, I'm not a pullover kind of person. Um, I hate wearing pullovers. I e- hate even more getting hot in a pullover cause then you have to take it off and you have to struggle with like making sure that the shirt stays down so you don't end up flashing half the room and, you know, something I have to work on. But, um, yeah, but that's been what I've been up to, um, and I'm mildly jealous of Daniel's new iPhone, uh, but it's only mild. It's mostly the case that you have. He has this great case that looks, um, what did I say? It's giving you very, um, so it, it looks like marble.
1: Like a marble parquet floor.
0: Right. Uh, it's giving you very quirky Thai restaurant in a recently gentrified neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's So, um, yeah, I, I really, I, I, I think the case is um, somewhat whimsical given that it's a phone case. Um, but um we are not here to talk about all of this. We're here to bring you an incredible interview with uh, Texas native Eva Arreguin, who is the co-host of The Colores Radio Podcast and a member of the De Colores Collective. Um, we had a great conversation about everything from food to fupas and um and lots and lots of conversations about confidence because confidence is super important and Eva's confidence is uh is contagious so um without further ado here's our conversation with eva arreguin
2: i have to do my best for you all <laughs> oh don't worry <laughs> headphones no headphones i haven't gotten my airpods yet so you
0: know oh they're great
2: i love them but i'm personally challenging myself to get a to buy them for me yes and that's not going so well. Wait, so. to
1: get to get what? A man to buy, oh. to buy me AirPods. Oh man, I wish I'd tried that with Robert. Maybe I'd have free AirPods. <laughs> You'd have
0: I'd have no AirPods. You'd have the twenty dollar yeah. ones from China that I use.
1: I
2: call them FairPods, the fake AirPods. Ah, yeah.
1: I like <laughs> like I have the Apple one and they're okay. They're really good. Uh-huh. I'm just always afraid of losing them. Right. And since you I just recently do what you gotta do. Yeah. Since I recently lost my uh my glasses on the on the subway tracks and recovered them like oh my god how did you recover them i i just went to the mta booth and was like hey my glasses fell off my face can you help me get them and they sent somebody (laughs) so yeah so something tiny i'm like yeah i can't wear these out so i literally just wear them like when i'm at home or at work right that's so funny yeah i bought like $130 Hundred and thirty dollar headphones to just use in two places. It's ridiculous. Right.
2: Hey, but if you love it, that's what matters. Right?
1: They sound good, and I like tapping them. I mean, <laughs> when I f- I found out last week that he
0: only uses them when he's indoors, mm. and I was like, "You're kidding, right?" Like the
1: poor baby.
2: It's like there's some underlying trauma under that yeah. story.
1: There's like the you know they're like the good plates. Like you only use them when companies are around. Right? So, Fine China, absolutely. Yeah. Like the matching set from Macy's. Like, I
2: get it. Yeah. I cannot.
1: That's so funny. <laughs> I never thought about that. I,
2: I completely understand. That. My mom only brings out like a certain mm-hmm. fancy set when she makes pozole and everyone's there on Sundays. And I'm yeah. like, okay, sure, lady, whatever you whatever <laughs> you say. Are, are More there dishes.
1: are there utensils that go along with that?
2: Um, there used to be. We don't even take them out anymore, but because those are kind of dusty in the drawer. But the <laughs> plates she brings out, like. In fourth grade, we my teacher came over because she was half Mexican, and my mom was, like, very excited about it. <laughs> so she invited her over, and we had fucking, so, like, fancy-ass china for pozole. And I was just like, okay. And I remember being like, Mom, why is this out right now? It's That's like, very funny.
1: Sorry, yes. I was just fantasizing about having, maybe having had a sugar daddy phase in my earlier years. But anyway. <laughs> you could probably still do um, it. Right? i'm just like i told robert we need to to find somebody who can take the both of us but all we have to do is like accompany them to events and like no no see no
2: there's gonna be weird kinks there has to be weird
1: kinks i mean if there are weird kinks that's fine but i want to dress up and go to events wait 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 why are we cleaning I don't know. I I just generally go to cleaning. That's your kink. It's not. That's my kink. what I do. I clean when I'm happy. I clean when I'm upset. I, like I feel I'm, that I'm Puerto Rican. It's like yes. I, like it's I was in the lineage. Yeah, like I was born with you know a plastic fly swatter and a plunger in, in each hand. Yes, like and
2: I was born with fabuloso. You know.
1: Oh my God.
0: Um. So let's start by asking you what your pronouns are.
2: My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And where was I that someone said that bitch? And I was like, that's also correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad. I should give credit to whoever said that. And now I can't remember, but yeah, that's, those are my pronouns.
1: I like that term. I
2: feel like it
1: might've been Lizzo.
2: (laughs) It should have (laughs) been obviously because duh, but it was someone I was hanging out with and they were like, and that bitch. And I was like, I will also take that as well. Yeah. But I, yes, of course, shout out to Lizzo, because
1: of course, I actually live for the day when we ask somebody what their pronouns are. And they're like, Lizzo, that's their pronoun. <laughs> like it's a statement. of That line. is my that preferred is, pronoun. Right? Mm-hmm. I that'd be that is so thing. funny. Oh,
2: my God. It's coming. I'm sure it's already out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> to start off, Eva, um, mm-hmm. we would like to know where you're from and what it was like growing up as a person of color, uh, which we'll refer to from now on as POC, um, uh-huh. in Texas. Yes.
2: So. Texas, Texas, a special place. Um, so <laughs> I, I actually, um, most people would say Dallas, Texas, cause that's the most like recognizable um, big city around this area which is considered north texas i specifically was born and raised um, all in dallas county but it was called grand prairie texas so i always rep it because people don't like to rep it um someone else that was from there is actually selena gomez and that's the actual city she was
3: from uh-huh.
2: so if you say you're from grand prairie everyone and their mom literally including my sisters talk and tell a story about their connection to selena gomez they're like oh i went to school with her mom's sister i went like my sister dated her dad
1: oh wait (laughs) patricia dated
2: no 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 my other sisters oh yeah that would be another plot twist if pat dated them because that would be that much more exciting
1: i love selena gomez Sorry. See,
2: and that's the thing that I'm like I love her only because she's like from my hometown, but she's never really done anything besides Barney back in 04 um <laughs> that really appealed to me. I know that sounds
1: super wait, shady. Wait, not even Monte Carlo?
2: I no, it just I don't know what it was. I was just never that into her, but I was happy that she was from my town. <sighs> And so and I think I also got salty when she didn't say anything on behalf of Black Lives Matter. I was like, Mm, sis, mm. move around. So it really like made me feel some type of way. That's
1: a convenient um, one that a lot of people well, that's one that a lot of um, actors and celebrities of color depending on how melanated they are kind of just gloss over exactly and so that's you know
2: right which is why and see and i can go into a whole nother tea which is why i have my own podcast (laughs) but she also did that documentary recently and i'm like oh now you're latina and repping us like what i don't know she did a documentary yes about undocumented people what Huh? yes it just recently came out
0: I guess we'll have to check that one out. Anyways,
2: so this is about me, I know, but here I am talking about fucking Selena Gomez. Well, let's Um, not give
1: her any more space.
2: (laughs) Okay, thank you. Back on track. Um, So I was the youngest of four, and my mom had us really far apart. Um, So I basically had a pretty Catholic upbringing. I was raised by, um, I don't know how much you want to know, so I'm about to just get into my life. I
1: mean...
0: Give it. all. Yeah. Give it all. Give it. Okay. Give it okay.
2: All. I was like,
1: we just spent much,
0: all that time on how Selena much Gomez.
2: Do you want? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't mind me. See. Um. Okay. So, youngest of four. Parents got divorced when I was like five. So I was raised by a single mom. Uh, both parents came from Mexico, and um, I had to grow up really fast. So that's kind of what I. I guess I still talk about a little bit more on my show is because so many things happened really fast for me, and there was just a lot of family drama um, from the time I was born. So I kind of grew up like having to be um, independent like right away. Um, I'm saying I'm um a lot, so it was just it was tough, but it was still like now looking back, it obviously shaped me into who I am and all that BS. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think looking back now, I'm like, damn, I wish I could have really enjoyed my childhood and my youth a little bit more. Um, but because of all that stuff happening, I really leaned into media. So I really got into we were constantly Pat and I were constantly watching TV a lot. I um I started dancing in like third grade because I was really into that. And so I really kinda dabbled into different forms of the arts without really realizing it. And that kind of became my escape. And so I also off like used my humor to to get by. Because I also, basically, as my parents, once my parents got divorced is when I started gaining weight. So um, statistically, whenever something traumatic happens in people's lives is when they often become, start getting a little chunky, right? And so it happens um, for a lot of children of divorcees. Did I say that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I was like, divorcee? It's spelled like C's, but it says Okay. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what happened to me is that I, um, I guess, used all these kind of defense mechanisms in order to like survive in a way. And it ended up making up a pretty uh, decent human being as an adult. Um, But it was like a lot of stuff was always happening. And so I was always trying to kind of people please and keep everybody at peace. Mm -hmm. Um, And so but I still was very like in touch with myself. And when you grow up fat, you kind of you kind of either teach yourself how to love yourself. And you are confident in it or you kind of just hate yourself completely. Um, What about the third
1: one? Sorry, which is you just (laughs) ignore it.
2: uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Or there's some weird in between, right? (laughs) Because that's what I did. Yeah. I mean, you can do any of them and there's definitely more options. And there's sometimes where you're kind of confident in it, but you also kind of hate yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, that's what it was for me. And so I was mentioning to a friend yesterday, actually, um, I was like, I don't really know. And maybe I will by the end of this episode, I'll have the recipe figured out. But I'm like, I don't really know what the what the to do list is on how to love yourself or how to get confidence, because I genuinely had no choice but to do that in order to achieve my dreams from a young age, if Mm. that makes sense.
3: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean I think we're all trying to figure out what the to-do list look like looks like. I have one I have a, an actual one on my phone.
3: Mhm. Yeah, same.
0: Yeah, it's um it's just it's difficult because you don't know. I I think as children of immigrants, we don't know when it comes to stuff like with mental health. Mm-hmm. You always have that voice in your head that's like are you taking this a little too far? Is this really necessary? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. All of that stuff. And, and that makes it even with, with even just like this tiniest seed of doubt, it makes it so much more difficult to believe in, in, in the, the good that you understand you have to create um, to love yourself. And right. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, so I am also, I'm the youngest in my family and Mm -hmm. my parents also waited a very long time to have me, Um, and I'm wondering if um if you have a memory from I I grew up very oblivious because I was the baby and so I was very Mm -hmm. much babied and whatever but I was wondering if there was a particular memory you have of being like oh I like I'm maybe too young for for this like decision Mm. that I have to make right now
2: oh wow um If you're
0: comfortable sharing that.
2: Yeah, no, not at all. Feel free to ask me anything. I know I'm fairly vague with that just because it's a lot of things that happened, So I don't ever really know like what level to get into. Um, And I'm still getting comfortable with like actually sharing it, right? Because there's a lot of layers to everything.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: I think in general, I can't, I remember and I was actually joking with Pat about it um, recently is that like I was cooking a lot at a really young age. So I remember Uh like, um, cause my mom had her own business. And so we really were self-reliant in a lot of ways. And so I'm like, the other day I was talking about how I remember, um, putting some lemon pepper chicken in the oven in third grade and burning my, the side of my stomach. And I was like, why was I cooking like a full ass meal for myself in like second or third grade? Like, that's amazing. But I'm like, I don't my nephews wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And so I'm just like, I don't think it's necessarily like a big decision. I just remember as a young person, because all my sisters were Pat is six years older than me. Um, and like I said, I went to Catholic school and we had a pretty religious upbringing. Um, so I was constantly wanting to be older. And I mm. think that's where I constantly felt that like I remember even watching movies. I was watching Blood In Blood Out and Scarface when I was a child, like things you should not be watching Same. that are incredibly violent. Like I was I was watching. And I got in trouble for for having a potty mouth when I was little and I had to eat soap. And I remember crying in the bathroom. So I was constantly wanting to be like a teenager and an adult because that's who was surrounding me. And then now I'm like, God damn it. Why didn't I enjoy my youth more? You know, I'm finally here. I'm paying <laughs> bills. And so I'm like, I, I, I think it was like just kind of constantly in that state of like, should I be making that this decision? Oh, well, because I knew what I wanted and I always wanted to go after what I wanted so I was gonna find the way to do it whether it meant um and I always always wanted approval from my mother as well so it's not like I was doing bad things but it was like I had to learn how to navigate all different types of people to really be well liked I guess and so that happened a lot more than necessary maybe
0: Do you find yourself as an adult trying to, uh, like, uh, create situations for yourself where you can enjoy what could have been a product of a, a, like a, I don't know, more relaxed childhood? I don't even know what word to attach Mm. to it, but...
2: I don't know. I think right now, I don't necessarily connect it to childhood. I think right now, because I do go to therapy, and I obviously talk about my mental health a lot, and I talk about a lot of different issues a lot. Yeah. Um, So I don't necessarily connect it to wanting to be a child again, but I... I also work with youth. And so I really take it very seriously in that, like, I don't ever want to recreate unhealthy experiences for young people like I maybe had, if that makes sense. Oh, Um, completely. So, like, I from a very probably from about uh, maybe 11th grade on, I've kind of been in this mindset of like, I don't want kids. Um, and I, I, I'm okay with that. And Mm -hmm. I lean into like being the cool tia, like that is my role. I'm happy there. And so obviously with my family and my mother, especially, she doesn't like that. Like for her and the way Catholicism teaches her is that our purpose of being here is to bear kids. Like that is Mm -hmm. my role as a woman. Um, and so she's kind of come around a little bit every now and then. And she's like, okay, if you want to do that, I guess go do that or go buy a house at least or da da da. And I'm like, okay, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, I just, especially with the way, if I'm being very realistic, and this is very millennial of me, I'm like, the planet's not looking so hot. So, I I mean, actually, it's looking very fucking hot. Um, Mm.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) 88 degrees today in New York. That's
2: crazy, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I think of those things, I'm like, even if I found a partner that I genuinely would want to procreate with or whatever the fuck or or, or have a child with or parent a child with, it wouldn't be in the conditions our world is in right now. Mm-mm. Because I just don't see that being sustainable when we we can't even take care of this planet. And so I think in that way, I take um, youth and, and children very seriously because I think they are like the innocent light of the world but not everybody has to have them, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that everybody is capable of really parenting and loving um, children as they should be, right? As humans, because that's really what these cycles of trauma become is this unhealed hurt, and then we end up putting it into someone else. And so I've really within the last year or so, decided for myself, like, okay, my family had a lot of different pain, and I don't want to carry it anymore. So I'm going to do therapy, I'm going to actively um, figure out what self care actually means and unpack my trauma and my um, unhealthy behaviors and work on them so that I don't have to continue the cycle and keep passing it down.
3: Oh,
0: hi. It's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it. And every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the Kiki going. Have you been in therapy for a while now?
2: Or- um, I kind of have. So it's been on and off. So I remember when I was really young um, and my mom like kind of says she doesn't remember this, but I'm like, what the hell? So I remember her saying when I was younger, because I would have little like spouts of anger, but I wasn't really an angry child but i would get angry and she'd be like if you don't stop i'm gonna take you to the therapist and i used to get really upset when she would say that i've never told Mm. people this so y'all are opening me up (laughs) um and so i always thought that was kind of interesting though when i got older because i'm not really an angry person even now like I don't get angry, I get frustrated or upset or sad, but I don't get angry and so um I never the first time I went to therapy um was in la 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 ninth grade, my freshman year of high school um I had just transitioned from the Catholic school, which had a graduating class of thirteen people. It was like a I loved it it was a little cute hood Catholic school. <laughs> And, um, it it was all I knew for, you know, those eight years. And then I went to a big public school and it was in another city called Arlington, which is where like the Cowboy Stadium is. Um, and I was in all pre-AP classes and it was with nothing but white people. And so that was a huge transition for me. Um, and I didn't really process all that until I was in college, uh, mostly because I was just like wanting to have friends and I didn't know anybody. So I just had to like find my way and figure out what area I was going to land in, in the high school like world, which is like a bunch of bullshit and like popularity contests and, you know, just high school things. Yeah. Um. But in ninth grade, my mom was getting, it was more family stuff. I'm not going to put all our shit out there, but it was more family stuff that was happening. And uh, wow, that was a weird little accident thing that happened. Um. and uh I, I at that point, I remember being so I felt so alone, because I had all these major changes happening that I actually asked my mom if I could see a therapist, I remember sitting in the car, and I was just felt this like terrible feeling. And I just said, Can I please go see her, a therapist? Um, and she was like, Sure, miha, we can we can find you somebody and I don't even remember how she found this lady. But it was this beautiful fat puerto rican lady next to a fiesta and i don't know (laughs) what her name was but i remember those distinct characteristics and i was excited because she kind of looked like me but i also kind of didn't fully understand the process um so i only visited her probably three times because i remember actually telling my mom i don't want to go anymore because i know we don't have money and so it was like, cause it was at, yeah. and we didn't have good insurance or something. So it was at least 200 bucks a pop and it was helping me. Cause I finally had someone to talk to outside of my like norm. Um, but I remember every single time we had to pay, I would be like, no mom, it's okay. This is the last time we don't have to come anymore. And so oh my God, there's so many different factors, right. That go into like what healing is. Um, What survival is, what being an immigrant's child is. And that's because both of my parents, um, you know, at this point were citizens by the time I was um, a little bit, I was by by the time I was born, they were already citizens. Um, So my sisters also had a different experience than I did. Um, and they both kind of understood English a lot better by the time I was born as well. So I def- I definitely had a different path than my oldest sister did, per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had very different experiences as well, because my oldest sister's really light-complected. And I've been the, the darkest in my family since I was um, very young. Um, so all those different things also come into effect with being, um, you know, uh, a Mexican girl in, in Dallas, Texas. So, wow. Yeah. So that uh, you were asking me about therapy. Let me go back. So that was a long
0: history with with uh,
3: a, going a
2: little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So that was the first time I asked for therapy. And I went a couple of sessions. I don't remember digging into too much. Mm-hmm. But I still um, remember going. So I went that time when I first started high school. And then all throughout high school, I don't remember too like, I don't remember having too much more like mental health issues. Like I really was just cruising. And then it was, um, when I got to college my sophomore year, I was finishing a final project for a film class and I was drinking coffee. I wasn't, um, sleeping very much and, um, I, I just started having a, a panic attack and I thought I was having a heart attack, which is very common and I thought I was dying. And so I went into extreme panic mode and my best friends took me to, um, the ER, which is all the way in Dallas, um, which I was living in Denton, Texas, which is about 45 minutes away. And so I spent all day at the hospital and mostly because it's such, um, it's basically like the hospital everybody goes to because they have like low income service or whatever. Okay. And so I spent all day there just to like kind of diagnose myself and then be like, first they were like, um, you're not pregnant. And my mom and I both vocally laughed because I was not dating and like had never had sex. And I was like, Okay, thank you for that, pal. <laughs> um, And so then he was kind of like, it seems you just had panic attack. And so that summer was like a self discovery and kind of the worst way in that I finally realized that I had um been actually struggling with anxiety my whole life. And I didn't know it. And that anxiety spiraled into depression, which they basically, I ended up doing a lot of research that summer. Um, And they become their besties, right? Once you have one, the other kind of follows or vice okay. versa. And so that summer was the summer I learned um, that I had mental health issues. And so I went to a therapist again. And that was a kind of I really needed it at that point. Um, And it was a white woman. And she really kind of dropped me off really fast and that made me feel really shitty and mm. um she was like okay you seem better bye and i was like what the fuck i'm like i don't know what's going on and she was very quick to want to put me on meds which i didn't like either um and so that was the, the second time i tried therapy and then i kind of literally had to like pull myself up out of my shit and say like okay bitch you got to finish school like let's get through it um which there, there was, I don't think I, I think I tried therapy again my senior year of college, which was free on campus. And again, I kind of felt like I was getting a little bit of help, but they only had like two or three sessions. And they were really quick to just be like, okay, fill out our survey and leave because they're just having students practice on you essentially. Okay. Um, and so then it was after I graduated college and more life stuff was happening that I really, had another breakdown, and I got to research and find my own Latina therapist um, that helped me in a lot of ways and really started helping me to believe in myself and recognize all the amazing things I was still doing at the same time I was, I guess, struggling with my mental health. Um, So yeah, I've seen a few different therapists. So I've kind of been in therapy pretty consistently um, since 2016. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I just started doing teletherapy. Oh, wow. Like, uh, two months ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And it was just I, I didn't realize how bad I like I I've always understood that I needed to go to therapy and I made the mistake of saying I'm going to get my finances in order and then I'm going to start going to therapy and they yeah. don't talk to your depression and your right. uh, your debt don't talk to each
2: other
1: Mm-mm. like they no. don't know each other.
2: Absolutely. No. Why would they? <laughs> right. Exactly. They might know each other, but not in the way you want them to.
1: <laughs> right um right. depression always wins right <laughs> so that bitch uh, right <laughs> she's nasty i don't mm-hmm. like her she doesn't she's she not doesn't
2: that bitch she's that bitch mm-hmm. like not the good kind
1: she
0: doesn't know when to go home um right so uh yeah, I just and I've noticed like subtle differences in my personality and the way that I Daniel and I communicate have have mm. changed in the last like yeah. I've only had maybe 3 sessions so far. Mm-hmm. Um but Well, congrats
2: on going. I know it's you. not easy to and it feels it's really tough actually cuz you have to unpack all your shit.
0: Well, What I was going to say is that I even had a hard time because I had to I don't remember what it was I had to do to schedule my first session. But I remember Mm -hmm. sitting and having there be a draft of an email to this therapist to be like, hey, when, how, like, I thought I was going to be able to go somewhere and just push a button and then I would have my first thing scheduled. And when I had to actually write out, hey, like basically type out, hey, I need you to help me. Like, I've always had the problem of asking for help, and I'm Mm -hmm. physically asking for help to, like, sort out all of my issues. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, that was the moment when I was like, I absolutely need this. The fact that this was so difficult, it was so difficult for me to write this,
1: like, very brief email. Mm -hmm. It was just like, that was the thing. I mean, and that's the hard part is, like deciding or realizing that you need to go to therapy because mm-hmm. I was in therapy for it's acceptance. Yeah. I yeah. was in therapy from like 2000 and I don't know, 2012 through mm-hmm. 2015. I mean, I yeah. broke up with my therapist cause my insurance wouldn't cover her anymore. Uh, um, but insurance
2: is a fucking scam as well. Right? Don't get me started. Also she Ugh. was
1: like in another borough and I felt like I'd reach my, um, kind of the work I could do with her you know so Mm -hmm. so that was also part of it um but it hurt it hurt to break up with her and i had to do it over the phone because i was like i can't go in for a final session like Mm -hmm. i just like i'll like we'll do a phone session and say goodbye but like i was just way too you know attached to it um yeah but i found it to be like some of the most instructive and helpful things i've ever done because you know because i'm an anal retentive cancerian i you know Mm -hmm. would have an agenda for every session Oh wow! and yeah yeah, they just went out the window because Mm -hmm. she would ask (laughs) me one question i'm like yeah you know what like and 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 that's you know one of the things i told robert and you know members of my family who started Mm -hmm. therapy after i went is that you know like I feel like you just need to go into it without any preconceived notions and then you'll you'll find that it's most useful because, right. you know, as as long as there's something that's pushing you to go to therapy, that's fine. But that's not right. necessarily what you might work on right away because your mind has other plans.
2: Exactly. And know? so, and I always tell people because people will come to me with this kind of stuff and I'm like, okay, I thank you for sharing this with me. But you also have to be able to be self-aware, self-aware enough to say, When I talk to people, do I feel better, right? For me, I'm a talker. So if I get to call my best friend up and I can vent about whatever happened at work today, Mm -hmm. I typically feel better. Some other people that are really introverted, it might be triggering to actually open up and talk to someone, right? And so Mm -hmm. that's where I also tell people like, Therapy is amazing, but it also has to be for you, right? And mm-hmm. we can't force ourselves into these spaces if we don't feel comfortable in them. And so I always encourage everyone to try it out at least just to see. Mm-hmm. However, other people really find their way of self-expression or healing or, you know, the ability to move on or whatever in different ways. And so I always say I love therapy. I think everybody needs therapy, but at the same time, there's different forms of therapy, right? There's mm-hmm. dance therapy. There's art therapy. There's just counseling talking therapy um and so i think everyone should want to heal those parts of themselves because we deserve to yeah Um, and we deserve to be able to find joy in other ways outside of like just the 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 dreadfulness that i think especially right now in this day and age where everything feels so heavy and is so heavy um that a lot of us are in a kind of like a state of like PTSD to some degree um as as extreme as that sounds it really is kind of what it is when we think about what our ancestors went through and then what's currently happening and then what our daily lives consist of whether as queer people whether as POC whether as both you know it, it's not an easy world to navigate mm-hmm. and and we have to be able to say i love myself enough to try to, to try this thing out
3: yeah
0: yeah mhm I didn't know that that was what I was signing up for, but yeah, that's absolutely what, yeah. What, and I, what's
1: coming out of it. I think also the, the a lot of people, like before I settled, or not before I settled, but before I chose my therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, never settle, baby. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. Don't like, it's one of those things like, like, I mean, this is like emotional money, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what you save your emotional money for. Because right. like, you don't want to like walk in and like say, okay, you, yeah, this is good cuz like mm-hmm. i must have had consultations with 10 therapists yeah that's real cuz i was Absolutely. like like i wasn't necessarily looking for somebody that dealt with you know like gay issues or anything it was right. more like death dying and family trauma mm-hmm. like that was mm-hmm. my you know i was trying to deal with the mother and all yeah and i finally settled or you know found that there was this this older uh, Upper West Side Jewish lady who looked like uh-huh. Barbara Streisand from the yeah. Falkers. <laughs> that did it for you. That from did, the did it, it for me. <laughs> and I'm, like, sitting there, and I was like, oh, okay, and, like, very open and nurturing, but, you know, uh-huh. it was very much like, okay, but, like, so you're going to figure this out. I'm here to listen and, right. like, you know, help you put into perspective, but I'm not going to answer anything. And, uh-huh. like, it was... um it was it was really great. But yeah, you have to yeah. like, you know, just like, I don't know, tr- like clothes. You yeah, know? it has to fit. And if you're having a bad experience with your therapist, move on. Oh, my God.
2: And I this year because I took a little break whenever I get too busy or if the schedule's not working. Um, you know, sometimes it just happens that way. But this one I had earlier this year. Actually, I had two earlier this year before the one I found right now. Um, one of them was very judgmental. And it was so funny because I almost didn't realize it. And I was like, wait, you're shaming me for saying, I don't know how we got there, but she was talking about how, like, um, her ex husband and her would go to the strip club. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if that's what y'all want to do, go have fun. And she's like, well, actually, it's, da-da-da. excuse me. Wow. I just burped. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, she's basically talking about, if her and her ex-husband had gone to the strip club and this is how he saw her and this and that. And I was just like, it doesn't have to be that. And she's like, but we're degrading these women by going into the space. And I said, no, it's all about your perspective. I said, those mm-hmm. women don't necessarily feel degraded. I said, they're getting money. And so I was like, when I found myself doing that, I was like, no, this is not the one for you. Eva. And I had already had like two or three sessions <laughs> with her, but I was like, I ended up having to email her, which also kind of gave me anxiety and telling her, hey, I actually don't think this is a match. And she was like, oh, you're probably just experiencing blah, blah, blah. That's normal. And I was like, no, bitch, you made me uncomfortable because you're judgmental as hell, but I didn't tell you that. You're Um, not
1: supposed to know about your therapist's personal life.
2: They always start telling me about their every single one I know about their life. It's hilarious.
0: I was going to say the 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 person I'm seeing now. So I I had another experience where I would go to like in-person therapy Mm -hmm. and that therapist wanted to talk about the payment she was receiving from me for about 15 minutes at the beginning of each session, which I was like. I didn't know I was coming here to buy a used car yeah. um, and um, she told me several stories about her friends and how she has one friend who is sort of rambunctious and I, I found myself like uh, getting distracted and yes. wondering what this has to do with me. Um, <laughs> right and i'm
2: paying you <laughs> right
0: so the therapist i have now i we don't talk about her life at all and mm-hmm. in fact the other the the last session i had with her um her pomeranian came into the room and like sat on her lap <gasps> oh, and it took it took everything i had to not be like can we talk about your dog just for a second you could ask her to keep the dog in her
1: lap during your sessions for soothing well the
3: dog so
0: the dog actually wasn't Anyway, the, I'd never seen the dog before and I was surprised that the dog like showed up and it was just like in the corner of the um like of the camera being like, hey, you know, like, <laughs> it was adorable. Um And so I feel like a good almost like a good measure of it is like you should always want to know about your therapist's personal life, but never hear anything
1: about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I once went to the bathroom in my therapist's apartment. She had one of those like huge (laughs) Upper West Side apartments. And I was just like, I opened the cabinet. You know, it's one of those things. It's like terrible. You did it. What happened? Ah. Nothing. She collected Uh. like vintage um, toiletries and had them like displayed. (laughs) <laughs> like like little boxes kind? of hairpins, okay um like rollers and she was your type of person like cosmetics but they weren't for use and she had them <laughs> of course they like weren't <laughs> her medicine cabinet when you opened Their it was a, like a display case <laughs> for these things like a little box of hair nets. did it look like art yeah, she had it okay. like displayed. I thought it was really funny. That sounds kind of cute, and I liked her even more because I was like, "Yes, she's as obsessive mm-hmm. as I am." Okay, yes, like, that and this so was funny. like a year in, but I always like wanted to know like what was beyond the, you know, the like the 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 two like uh, slided double doors that led yes. out from the. Like it was like a foyer that she'd set up. The
2: therapy, up. the therapist line, which in the wardrobe. Let's yeah, see it there. I went to be like, what else <laughs> is here?
1: And then I was yeah. like, all right, let me hurry up before she thinks I'm like, I don't know, like scratching at her bedpost or something. Like, I, you <laughs> know, oh my God. let me, you know, <sighs> um, that's a but yeah, it's just they like that's as much as I want to know. Right. You know, because like at that point, like this is about you like yes right i don't need to know about your person like we're like i'm sure you're a therapist like you have a therapist so mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's one of them um, i think therapy is like a selfish exercise that is it, it's like the one selfish exercise that is completely valid you should right. do it and like even if you end up hating it indulge in it like right. really because i think therapy is a necessity but it's it's also an indulgence because it can be expensive.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it, it is like not always convenient time wise. But when you do give yourself that present of therapy, you are like basically giving yourself something that nobody else can give you. Right. Right. I mean, it's as corny yeah. as that sounds. But it is. Um, yeah. So therefore, there is no room for me to know and or care about my therapist's personal life. Mm -hmm. and that's it i don't want to hear about it
2: right no for sure and that's where like even saying like it's selfish it's like it it can be taken that way but it's for a good reason Mm -hmm. right like if you're actually getting help if you're actually getting better if you're actually able Mm -hmm. to accept yourself and present yourself in a healthier way like fuck it you know it doesn't have to be selfish to like
3: Mm -hmm.
2: find better means of existing and so that's where it's like no like do it like go for it we're not as especially for like POC like you're not supposed to take care of yourself especially for women or femme people like we're supposed to take care of everyone else we're supposed mm-hmm. to um be the mother be the nurturer and it's like no who's going to actually take care of you mm-hmm. who's going to do that right yeah um so it really is like a, a radical act um to actually decide that you can prioritize yourself
1: oh. as the emotional caretaker in my family <laughs> i can completely sympathize with that yeah, Identify with that. yeah.
2: it's real it's yeah. real out here it's very
0: true do you approach um a lot of the events that yeah that you guys have with um mm-hmm. with Decolores Collective mm-hmm. uh, from a mental health standpoint
2: um I think naturally we've built everything in with something like that yeah I think I didn't even realize um that a lot of the ways we built it with was with the themes of community and and love and you know self care and mental health and all these different things that we kind of built into the show itself and the and the um, segments and everything is because that was it's my labor of love it's my survival it's an extension of who I am um, and so I think without even trying yes that that's always. Something that's very important to us and that we take pretty seriously. Um, I'd like to do a lot more with mental health specifically, but even that, obviously, therapists and all that costs a lot of money. <laughs> but it's like, right. I think that's always, I'm always keeping that in mind. And I always want to reiterate prioritizing, prioritizing your health and your well-being first. Um, even before being able to do an event, right. If I'm saying, Hey guy, I, I'll text the team and say, I don't feel well, I don't, I'm I'm having a rough day. I'm not going to make it. Or there's been a time where we had to cancel recording because my anxiety was through the roof. And, and that's really hard for me to do, um, mm-hmm. cause I don't like asking for help and I don't like messing up.
3: <laughs> and mm-hmm. so,
2: but I really realized, especially this year that it's like, Eva, if you aren't taking care of yourself, who will, right. right? Because everybody sees me and they're like, oh, she's so happy. Or, oh, she's so funny. Or, oh, and I I am funny. But it's like even hearing things like, are you happy, was becoming triggering to me. Because that's the level of where my mental health was, right? Where I was just like, am I? I don't know. Actually, no. I'm actually very depressed. But I'm masking it really well because my humor got me to this point. Because people liked me because I was funny. Mm-hmm. right? And so it was like all these different things, right? Where I'm like, I was considered a cool kid, but I was also fat. And naturally, those things like wouldn't typically go together, especially for like a a brown woman who's like loud and all these other things that were seen as negative um, traits. But because I was funny, I was getting I was being allowed into a lot of spaces and I was being respected um, really quickly. And so obviously, I guess who I am and my personality as a whole ended up like being the cherry on top. But it's been really interesting to navigate all these things, because now in absolutely everything I do, I'm I'm constantly prioritizing mental health or reminding people to prioritize it.
1: Right, yeah. that's very important.
0: One of mm-hmm. the things I notice while when listening to the Coloris Radio is that you speak on the, some of these intersectional issues with like a, a great deal of confidence, and I find it really inspiring. But I find when I try to talk about things that are somewhat intersectional, I. I don't, I either don't feel like it's right for me to be talking about it or I get mm-hmm. fatigued really quickly. Right. And I was wondering if you, like, how do you push through that when you have those moments come up?
2: Do you have a specific example of one? Just because I'm like, which intersection? Did I talk about several. <laughs> um,
0: I don't have one in particular, but I okay. know that uh, for me, talking about, issues where there's like an intersection of black issues and queer Mm -hmm. issues for me specifically i feel like i can't fully talk to the um like the the elements of it that are specific to the black community when it comes to something that's intersectional intersectional there because i'm not black right like i can understand enough of it but i can i i can never know what it feels like
2: exactly you know yeah and i think that's part of um knowing your experience but not prioritizing it Mm. um because a lot of times people mix that up right and that's why it's so important to heal so we can kind of let loose of some of that ego right because that's where intention really matters and a lot of times people intention gets in the way because their ego's right there and then they don't know how to um really dissect this thing and as far as race goes we haven't had a, a lot of conversations on a large scale of what it really is and what it means this country specifically, obviously the world as a whole doesn't want to talk about race, but America has a really strenuous relationship with it. Yeah. And it's very, it's very much a binary, right? It's white and black. And so recently, um, I've, I've talked about it a lot in everywhere really. Um, but through my studies in college, I really started to recognize like, holy shit. I grew up, with a lot of black culture and um, a lot of my family did as well. And we saw that as our culture. Um, So that happens a lot here in Dallas, Texas is that because the black and Brown people are kind of put together in all the like poor places or they're kind of um, the hood, right? It's just hood shit. And if you're together, so then like all my cousins say the N word, should they? Absolutely Mm, not. But they do. And so that's what happens a lot here in Dallas is because everything is so binary that even though in Dallas, the majority is about to be Latino or technically already is our identity is not strong enough because so many of what our identity in Dallas represents has basically just been tap dancing for white people.
0: Mm, Okay.
2: Especially if you have some money. So if you're Latino and you have some money here, that's kind of what it became. Whereas if you didn't, you were in the hoods with everybody else, right? And so, so many of us um, don't recognize how much we owe to black culture. And so growing up, and I there's this memory I have, and my family used to kind of laugh at me, but I remember, again, I was the youngest of four, and they were talking about the Brady Bunch. And I literally, I was probably seven, I said, the Brady, why do I keep burping? I'm so sorry. (laughs) I was like, the Brady Bunch, who's that? I was like, I'd rather watch Moesha. And they thought it was so funny. And at that age, I didn't realize why it was funny. But then as I got older, I was like, holy shit, bitch, like, I really was very much saying, fuck your white noise, as my friend Shanice calls it. And (laughs) this, this is what I identified with, right? These brown black skin people that looked more like me than whatever the hell you're talking about. So I grew up very much watching what I later learned in school was like the urban era, quote unquote, of UPN and all of these television shows that were basically finally deciding that black and brown people deserved some time on TV. Mm-hmm. And so they gave them this little section on UPN and there were like a couple more shows on like WB. Um, and so I grew up watching that and identifying with that and loving hip hop and loving Cumbia and loving Selena and loving all these different things because they looked like me. They sounded like me. They felt familiar to me and my family and what our upbringing was like. I could not identify with seventh heaven or whatever the fuck show was called or Dawson's Creek. Like I didn't get that. I remember flipping the TV and being like, this is boring, right? (laughs) They They weren't having the same issues. And so, um, as I got older, like once I was in like middle school, high school, I was definitely my sister Pat was a big influence for me, and she put me more onto indie music and stuff like that. So I got more into indie, and so when I was in high school, I did a lot of theater, and so um, when I was surrounded by a lot of white people in these classes, I was very much like, but I still like the hood shit too, and so they um, they like called me ghetto, and then oh, well, you, we always at ghetto when we're around you, Eva, and like stuff like that. But when I was going to my family's house in Oak Cliff, my family would be like, why do you talk white? And so Mm -hmm. I was just like in this confusing state of like, what the fuck? And I just decided to just be me, right? Like, fuck Mm -hmm. it, I'm gonna just be whoever I am. And y'all can say or think whatever you want. And so it was when I got to college, and um, I was still surrounded by a good amount of white people. But I finally started to find like my clique of friends that were like black and brown girls that kind of had had similar experiences, right, that they also had been seen as too white, but also not black enough, or not Latina enough, or not Mexican, enough, or, you know, or whatever it was. And so we really all clicked, because we were like, we love our fucking culture. And we're really starting to learn more at this point about what white supremacy is. Obviously, we didn't have a lot of the language and we were learning um in school at that time. But that's really what kind of brought me back to realize that like a lot of what i grew up with was black culture and black culture wasn't necessarily my own although it was very similar to what a lot of the latino struggle was right and so that's really where i started getting this history and this knowledge and gaining this because it was i was able to connect it to my life experience but also recognize that i was not that right And I can say and fight for these people, too, because they have fought and a lot of who they they fought for um, all of us, too. And we're not giving them any credit or we are taking their music or we're taking their sounds or we're taking their art or we're taking their whatever it is, their style, their, you know, everything and not giving them any credit when in reality we owe them so much more. And so once I started to really unpack that, I became incredibly passionate about um, black and brown relations and uplifting these things. And so I also feel like my life has worked out in the way it's supposed to and divine timing, as some might call it. Mm -hmm. Um, My senior year of high school was when Trayvon Martin was killed. And so I really grew up with this activism. So my life and my knowledge kind of progressed with all these different things happening. So as I was in school and I was actually finally in classes about, um, you know, Chicano literature and about Uh, ethnic literature and just all these different things um, discussing race and culture and gender and women's studies and queer studies and queer film and all these different things that I loved. And it made so much sense to everything I was and had experienced. Um, It was also unraveling in front of me in real life in the sense that like, there was all these unjust murders, the black lives matter movement had really finally taken off. And then once I graduated Um, Trump got elected shortly after that and it really was eye-opening to see everything I had learned and experienced in my life and see my parents go through and see my friends go through all unravel into this like huge white supremacist monster right because I couldn't nobody my mom couldn't argue that I was being racist against whites anymore whenever I was saying but look at who's in office now Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. right because for a lot of um uh, immigrant parents or parents that come from from different countries—they're gonna say, "Oh, you're being this, or you're being that, or you're too this," and it's like, no, you know, they just want to live up to the American dream because they want to survive and they want to exist in this country that that was kind of sold as this idea of the land of the free, when in reality it's the opposite, and it was built on the the backs of slaves and um, mm-hmm. the you know murders of indigenous people, and right. so. All of those things, really, I feel like my my life and the way I'm supposed to live it has really unpacked itself exactly how it was supposed to. And just knowing and owning those as truths and understanding that there's so much I don't know and there's so much to learn and there's so much more to fight for is what motivates me and I think gives me ground in that regard, um, especially within, um, I guess, these intersections, right? Because yeah. knowing that I still hold privilege as a Latina compared to, like, a a, a dark-skinned big girl is different, right? A black, dark-skinned big girl. Because there's all those different levels within colorism as well. Mm -hmm. Because someone who's lighter than me might also get a lot more privilege and does. And I've seen it, right? So, like, there's so many different layers to these things. The same way as a trans person or all these different intersections that exist. And so with my privilege and with the knowledge I have, um, I want to be able to help inspire and educate however I can, whether it be just by existing as myself, whether it be by being on a panel, whether it be by making a TV show one day or whatever it is, I want to be able to use that and remind people of how much further we have to go.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And and one of the I mean, one of the other uh, great ways that you do or that I find inspiring that you do. That is uh, by high- you, you highlight these local people who are like actively mm-hmm. working to turn Texas from red to blue.
2: Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like beyond the red and blue now. I'm like, OK, these neither one of y'all is working out for me. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go a little more leftist now because I really want, you know, true freedom and democracy for my people. And I don't know that these systems that are already built are there. But yes, right. absolutely evolving from from these really conservative, constraining ways here in Texas, for yeah. sure.
0: Because the progress is there. It just seems like people don't know don't don't know it's there. Or I mean, p- people outside of the the state. I'm saying
2: right, they, and, and that's the thing that's frustrating, right? Because and I appreciate you all, you know, reaching out to me and and seeing the light that we have here, especially in Dallas, Texas. Is because so many people will shit talk the South, right? Yep, and. When I go northeast or even to Cali, I'm like, y'all don't got the shit we do. Y'all don't have the shine we do. And not in a way that, like, I'm trying to be petty and mean or anything. But there's something so unique about the South and the culture of being Southern. And I never thought I was Southern because I was like, the fuck? I'm Mexican. Like, you know, (laughs) and so but there is something like when I went with Fabi to D.C. a few months ago, I was like y'all have y'all have some fried pickles here and they were like no what the fuck right and I was like but okay never mind I'm hungry it's fine it's fine I'll just get it when I go back home (laughs) and so I was like holy shit that's a southern bitch move like Eva what are you thinking (laughs) um But there's just something so special about being from the South. And that's why I get so excited about like the Meg the Stallions and, you know, people like her because they represent it so well and they're proud to be it as opposed to saying, hey, we're just some dumb fools that ride our horses all day and shoot guns, which is like not at all things I've ever done. Um, Not to say that I don't know people that have done those things or can choose to do them daily if they'd like. However, a good chunk of us really don't identify with that. And if right. we do, it's more so like a fun cultural thing, but it's not our entire existence. And I think um, often because we are in the South, we're working a little bit harder to gain this knowledge and to put these things on and these events and have these conversations in a different way because we don't have as much access and support to it as people would on either the East or West Coast.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle.
0: Well, to take it to, uh, I guess, a more superficial place...
2: Yeah. Um, hey, we got to have fun, too.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm currently having a um, I'm trying to have like a style renaissance or something. I don't mm, know what the right word is for it.
2: That sounds good. Let's run with it. I
0: yes, I realized that I was taking more risks with my clothes when I was in college and I would, mm. you know, like I, I was struggling to find interesting clothing in my size. So I'd make uh-huh. it basically. Right. Um, Ooh, yeah. And, and then I stopped. I, for some reason, I stopped at some point. Maybe I thought it was too outlandish or I was too old to still be like ironing, you know,
2: constricting yourself into these boxes.
0: Right. Um, but like literally ironing on uh, like a print of some kind onto a shirt and mm. wearing that and, you know, um, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I'm I'm there again now and yes. I look to you for inspiration because I think mm. that you're confident I feel your confidence even though mm. it's just on social media I totally yeah. feel your confidence through your fashion <laughs> yeah
3: thank um, you
0: so what what inspired that for you like what inspired your your fashion sense for you
2: you know what it was so funny when you messaged me about this because I was like me okay all right yes okay. you Thank you. Um, (laughs) uh, It's just so funny, because I actually like I was watching the Savage Fenty show yesterday. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, I always loved fashion. But there was a period in my life where um, it was probably high school into early college, where I was just like, this shit isn't for me. Right? Mm -hmm. Everything made me look like a mom. (laughs) And so like, There were very few places where I could find plus size. And it was like fucking Cato, um, Lane Bryant, occasionally Target, Old Navy, and maybe Torrid. But those prices were kind of expensive for our budget. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like this period of like, I love fashion, but I can't afford it. And so I kind of just was like cruising by for a minute. And then finally, when I basically... um, I was kind of into college a little bit when I started kind of making my own money and I didn't feel like I was burdening my mom so much with it. Um, I finally was able to say like, okay, here's a website, website, ASOS, which is what I use all the time. And they should fucking sponsor me because I literally wear them 80, 95% of the time um where i was like okay cool like they have bigger sizes because that's really what it's about is saying okay fuck whatever these boxes are which is kind of what you were saying right Mm -hmm. like i'm too old i'm Mm -hmm. too this i'm too that and saying like fuck it i want to wear this so i'm gonna wear it or this looks cute so i'm gonna buy it and we'll see how it goes right right um so it really just becomes saying like fuck it like that is it that is that is what you do you say fuck it this looks good and I know this is going to fit me because this is the website I buy from that consistently like has clothing that works for me because mm-hmm. a lot of these places don't and they kind of know how to like play with our emotions a little bit. Yeah. Um so it was really in the last few years when I actually like got my own, you know, career on the road, I started making my own money and I was able to uh, buy things and save for clothing that I liked without feeling bad for it i'm still not spending much which is why i shop on asos and they have a like clearance section that's like 70 70 off and a bitch gets half of her clothes there and people are like oh my god you're so cute and i'm like thank you it was 20 dollars, you know <laughs> uh, because like i also like i admire thrifters but like thrifting for a fat bitch is not it like it is not the move i don't like it it's not and out there not...
0: saying that
3: oh it's my god it's not out there and, we've like, tried
2: Yeah. And like fat fashion really is booming right now. So I have friends that are really into sustainable clothing as well. And all that. And I'm like, that's a cute idea. But it doesn't work for fat bitches, because we're just now starting to get clothes, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're just now able to have actual fashion sense and like obviously there's legends out there that have been doing it forever and like shout out to drag queens and everybody else who's just been rocking their world or making their own clothing including you which i wish i could do and it's kind of a goal of mine to design clothes one day right but it's like right now i'm using what i can which is like this cheap ass website mm-hmm. and you know just running with it because we we can we're allowed to do that and so i really mm-hmm admire like the fat fashion world to some degree because it's still very very um white very like there's still a very specific look they're going for Mm -hmm, and that gets really old so i'm like really experiment with that like really build shit for fat bodies because even these fat brands i'm like why is my underwear falling off like this (laughs) right like it shouldn't be like that like You're Lane Bryant. You should have this shit in the bag. You should be working with different bodies besides the ones that look most appealing to your eyes.
1: Yeah, they just make bigger, you know, they just take, like, uh, we were talking about this while we were preparing for this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, bigger people do have, it's a shape. It may Mm -hmm. not be. You know, like, you know, whatever the hourglass is or, or right. you know, like for men where it's like wide at the shoulders and tapered at the waist.
3: Exactly. But there
1: is a shape. Yeah. You know? Like, and that's like- why. Yeah. That's why I started making all of our all of our drag outfits, because mm-hmm. like, it just it's not out there, you right. know, and then I was able to shape things for the way that we wanted to look in drag. And it's like, uh, Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not just about making it big because it's like mm-hmm. they literally
3: oh do things God. like they're they dressing a that.
1: refrigerator.
2: Yes. And then like there's pants I'll buy. Well, I'll get it. I'll get it my waist size. But then the, it arrives and it goes past my foot like another <laughs> foot. And I'm like, you fuckers think I'm eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. Like, What are you doing? Because <laughs> right. they're Why always like big like and this? tall. Yes. Oh, my God. That store. Does it still exist?
1: Yeah. It's Some of us like are just big horizontally right <laughs> like yeah yeah no
2: it's real like it's I, so real. I live
1: for the day where there is a a line of nice taper jeans for men's for men's for men's oh, for, for the <laughs> men's for men's with hipses because <laughs> like that is my struggle yeah like i no, will real. you know like i'll 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 do the muffin top i can control that with spanks but like i would yes. love it if
2: you know it just or build these pants for my fupa please
1: did you consider my fupas yes. here my ass might
2: not be that big but my titties are huge so I, like...
1: I have a fupa problem full yeah. disclosure it that's is that's
2: saying is I... it a problem Does it
1: have well to be a problem? no because i you know like i i wear FUPA a nice... fantasy yeah <laughs> it's a fantasy <laughs> I, I i wear like an untucked shirt because i'm just you know it's not it's not yeah. the silhouette because otherwise i look like uh you know like like two sausage links you know together. and i love sausage yeah right? that's fine (laughs) um but you know i'm like i don't tuck a shirt you know Uh i use spanks to help me however i can right but it's like you know like there is a male fupa she's real and it's like you know they you know contain it or not i happen to like you know to, to contain mine Right. But, and
2: that's OK, too. You know. you know, whatever your fupa feels like doing that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying. I used to mine wasn't OK. So I bought Spanx in high school and them hoes were expensive. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I was like, mm. and then they got a hole in them really fast. And I'm oh, like, no. why are you sixty dollars? And so then I just started buying this one from Target. It's like a Target brand one where you just like, I don't know, it's I probably need to buy a new one. But, like, I use that occasionally depending on what I'm wearing, but lately I'm like, fuck it, we're going to let the rolls hang, and that, uh, you're just going to deal. So here we go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's yeah. what has to happen at a certain point, because you should also... I mean, I, I tell Daniel this all the time. He wears Spanx every single day, Aww, and baby. I think that that's unrealistic I'm uh-huh. also bigger than he is so I'm like if right. I can find it in my size you should have absolutely no problem oh I can
1: find yeah. it in my size it's not making it, things slimmer it why. is, but it, and, and everybody's on their yeah. own journey,
2: right? So Absolutely. that's
1: part of the process as well. It's like a security thing. I don't know why, but at this point, because like, I could wear the clothes I have without them. That's not what yeah. it's about. Oh, right. I, I like, because it doesn't make me that much smaller. <laughs>
2: right, you're I like, just, I'm still fat here. <laughs> yeah, like
1: the poop is still there. The belly's still there. I just, uh-huh. I like, I like the smooth, like the slight the smoothness.
2: smoothing. I get it. And oh, and, okay. and the
1: not wiggling.
2: See, I like to wiggle a little. The belly's there.
1: I just—it's something. It—you know—it's—it's gotten to a point where it's like a comfort level, and the lines Mm -hmm. on my shoulders when I take them off, it just shows like that's (laughs) where they should go. I—I mean, it's um battle scars.
3: You know, I don't know. (laughs) That's like like, a bra.
1: Like Mm -hmm. I used to go without them, and then I gained a lot of weight before Christmas one year, so I bought a pack, and I was like. oh look at this so like you felt like you lost it when you did wear them or yeah. you didn't gain well not that no that it just it like because i've never been like terribly unhappy with my weight like i said i was mm-hmm. like one of those people that just ignored it even right. though even though i was bullied when i was younger because of my size right it's never been something that i've um like obsessed over i'm just like mm-hmm. oh okay i just need to buy bigger clothes right and and until it became an issue where i wasn't getting bigger just because i was getting bigger because i was emotionally eating then mm. i was like okay let's lose some weight and whatever right but still it's just one of those things where i'm like okay well this is my size and i'll just dress for that size and what i can i can find that i like you know right um right. but the 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 like the spanx just it, i don't know it just does something because like Again, I can fit into my clothes without them. It's mm-hmm. just there's something about them. There's like a like a solidity I don't know. They, they do something. I, I,
2: you're working I, on it. You're unpacking it yeah, a little bit. You know? The
1: thing
0: about it for me is that I, I feel how uncomfortable they make me. Like I can feel my, you know, my esophagus rising when I wear them.
3: <laughs> oh, um, I don't have that
0: problem. Because <laughs> I will wear them if we have to dress up for something, I wear them. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm I'm just thinking about your comfort level on a daily basis, given that you're wearing them every day and thinking like, oh, but now hearing you say that it sounds like it's part of your fantasy
1: well they also Mm. stop the sweat from showing up on like the shirt that i'm wearing Hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a very nice it soaks it up uh uh-huh and that's why i wear a different one each day but the thing (laughs) is too it's like at this point i'm so used to it you know right except when i'm breaking them in Ooh. Ooh, Yikes! That's the like, and it's not even. It's just like they tend to roll up a little bit when they're new. Yes. And so oh. then I'm like, let me see how far down I can pull them, and I'll stretch <laughs> them out. And then like two weeks later, <laughs> they're good to go. You know, oh my like, God. and I, but I, I, I don't, it. I don't mess around with that brand name Spank stuff. They're, they don't, they don't provide. That's
2: what a... I was about to say. I was like, that's expensive. No, and no, no. I I just remember them ripping like the first mm-hmm. time
1: I used it, and I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Shit. I buy, I buy Insta Slim men's tanks. That's it, and they're great. <laughs>
2: Where those are from where?
1: Amazon. It's like it's like sixty dollars for three.
2: Oh, see? Mm You get multiple.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm
2: more into that. I could work with that. Mm They're a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um
0: I so at this point I basically I'm just trying to talk myself into taking risks with things. And I actually Mm. just before we started this interview. Uh, i had ordered a sequined bubble jacket from ASOS.
2: yes i want to see it oh
0: you will see it you're gonna get the full like the full fantasy i'm i'm so i i I didn't so the the anxiety that came over me when i saw it was more like i want this and how Mm -hmm. do i convince the outside voice version of me that i need it um mm. and that i am going to wear it outside of this apartment.
2: Right. <laughs> That's a part of the process as well, absolutely.
0: Yes. I mean it would help if it got colder. So.
2: Yes. It's uh, happening eventually.
0: Yes. Sooner <laughs> but, for y'all than me. Yes. <laughs> um so i'm very excited about that and i'm and i i have never ordered anything from ASOS before so i'm excited mm, to yay. look into that. But i did i had a lot of guilt When, um, when I was starting, like when we were starting to, um, to go on the health journey that we're on right now and like, Mm -hmm. because I, I would not, I would only, I would dress for function. That was the, the issue, uh, probably like two years ago. Right. You know, I would buy I had one black T-shirt. They were it was a three pack. And when there was a hole in one of them, I'd buy a new three pack. Right. You know. And that was my wardrobe. That and jeans that would like actually fit me. And dudes um,
2: can get away with that easily. Exactly.
0: But it's boring. It's fucking yeah, boring.
2: It is. <laughs> and
0: I feel like I am, you know, I am retreating into the background when I wear that. So and I don't want that. I wanna be stylish. I wanna Yeah, to be you're fun. better than that. Absolutely. Yes. I wanna I wanna I want to dress like EJ Johnson. Not exactly, uh-huh. but like I want I want that level of like joy from my clothes.
2: Yes. Because you're allowed to and you exactly. should.
0: And so um yeah, so I'm just basically like trying things out. And um, I don't remember where I was going with this at all. Just I
2: believe in you. you the find train it. of Keep thought going. Just
0: completely derails itself. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So the sequin jacket. I'm just very excited about it. Um, but I think uh, that just
2: that speaks to like this kind of resurgence of like loving of self right now.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. And
2: I think that's what it all means, right? Is like even me wearing. Um, a uh, two piece swimsuit with fucking snake skin top and like bikini bottoms was a little bit weird for me and like a little bit nerve wracking. But I was also like, well, fuck it. Right. Like people are going to say and think whatever the fuck they want, no matter if you're wearing the black t-shirt and jeans or you're wearing the fucking sweet sequin jacket. Like exactly. They're going to think and, and say, or be whoever the fuck they're going to be. So you don't got to worry about them. You just focus on yourself and say, I'm doing this because I want to and I love it for myself. Right. And really, just that acceptance of, yes, I am fat and that's okay, but I'm still going to be a bad bitch. Right? right. And that's the part that like people don't always realize, or maybe we're not, you know, tapped in enough or, you know, tapped out enough to where we don't care. Right. Um, and and yeah. that's part of it too is just saying like, fuck it. I'm going to get this because I think it's cute and we're going to make it work or we're just going to have fun with it. And maybe it will only work for tonight, but we're going to have fun with it while we can <laughs> because I'm glorious and I'm allowed to have fun with this and be extra tonight or tomorrow or forever, yeah. um, you know, and, and just whatever version of yourself you want to be. If you want to wear the same shirt every day and add a small flair, go for it. You know, whoever you are is what matters. And so you shouldn't be minimizing yourself for other people's comfortability.
0: Absolutely absolutely i'm gonna carry those words with me every day of the rest of my life
2: i'm so excited about that you should you should
0: (laughs) um well that brings us to the end of this episode i'm so excited that we were able to have this conversation with you
2: yay me too thank you so much for having me it's an honor
0: um do you have any uh, does uh, do you have any events coming up that you want to plug does decolores collective have any events coming up
2: so we just um, had a great woman of, co- woman of color comedy show that we hope we're going to do something else again soon. I don't have any details on that. Um, but that just passed. We have an upcoming art show called Gray Space. Um, the theme is identity. So that's happening October 11th at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center here in Dallas, Texas. Um, so that's the most upcoming event we have. We have open submissions for that. That close, I believe, September 26th. I think that's right after this episode comes out or the day of. Um, So we are working on that art show. We've done about five of them now. And we're going to kind of breathe our way out to the end of the year because we've been doing too much, actually. Um, and I want to make sure we all find our peace and grounding, but we really have a good time here with the Colores Collective here in Dallas, Texas and the podcast, the Colores radio. We're constantly talking about different things, um, regarding all, all of these intersections, but I love when I'm able to tap into fatness because I love talking fatness with fat people because they know it best. Yep. Uh, so yes, thank you for having me on and, um, I really enjoyed it
0: and if i can ask i heard yes. that there is a sequel to so fat so brave coming <gasps> out
2: soon. oh my god yes there is um <laughs> i don't know when that's coming i actually was going to text mike my, to myself and be like hey listen fat girl falls here where the fuck's this episode <laughs> um but i'm hoping it comes out here pretty soon i think she's gonna have it on cabronas Zingona's chingonas patreon first if i'm not mistaken okay um and then it'll be out to the public for everyone and so we'll probably um also reshare it as a De Colores radio episode as well, because it was a really good conversation as well, including Lizzo, of course, and and Missy Elliott discussions a little more expanded than the last episode.
0: And if you haven't heard the first the the first part of So Fat, So Brave, um, it's been reshared by De Colores uh, uh-huh. and, um, and Latinos Who Lunch. Yes. Uh, but originally appeared on Cabronas y Chingonas, and it's such an important conversation. Yeah, as amazing. someone, someone who has lived as fat for, <laughs> for m- m- like the vast majority of my life, mm-hmm. there were so many important. Like tidbits from the conversation that uh, you might and Favi had mm-hmm. on on the show that it just like it, it helped boost my confidence. So Yay. go listen to that,
3: please.
2: That means so much. When y'all said that, I was like, I'm crying.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really like. I feel like with podcasts, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but like, I'll I'll obviously talk for two hours, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I just said, and then like <laughs> later on, you're like, oh shit, it worked out, cool, mm-hmm. you know? Like you're just like.
1: Every episode. The,
2: you're like, okay, that resonated. Nice. Lovely.
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed that conversation. How about you? I had such a good time. Um, like, yeah, I just, um, I think it's the least I've talked on one of our episodes in a while because I just really enjoyed listening to her because you know what? There was actually no need for me to speak because she said it all. Yes. And I, I just, you know, there was a narrative. It was... Very well strung together. Um, and I feel like she really just painted a, a very, I think, um, accessible picture of what it was like, you know, growing up as a person of color of size in the South. Yes. But also loving where she came from. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um,
0: I think her confidence is very inspiring. And I'm also I'm happy to have a conversation with another person of size who is a POC, um, who isn't afraid to uh, to like go there. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. to have uh, conversations about things that are difficult and somewhat emotional. Um, because I feel like I'm the only one sometimes. So um, so thank you again to Eva for being our guest. Be sure to follow her on social media. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Her uh, Her handle is at Eva Arreguin on both. You should also be following her podcast, De Colores. Uh, well, you should be following De Colores Collective. They have the podcast, De Colores Radio. Uh, and they are at De Colores Co., on both Instagram and Twitter. You should also subscribe to that show because if you liked the conversation we just had with her, the conversation is just as fun and informative over there. Mm -hmm. Um, So check them out. And then speaking of following people on social media, you should follow Grizzly Kiki on social media. That means facebook twitter and instagram we are at grizzly kiki or just plain old grizzly kiki for uh facebook so be sure to follow us there
1: <laughs> and you can send your questions to grizzly at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air and don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify so until next time
3: bye, bye.